I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons and Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out the Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Join co-hosts Will and Brian as they break down the lore of a rich multiverse 50 years in the making in a lighthearted and beginner-friendly way. They cover everything from character creation options to tips for dungeon masters. There's something for everyone, no matter how long you've been playing TTRPGs. Find the Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the All Dick is Trash podcast. <laughs> good save, good save. Good. Yeah, thank you. I'm your host, Millie Tamarez, and I'm here in the studio with Candy Haro, producer extraordinaire. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Oh, uh, yes, this is a production of More Banana Studios. We're super excited. Um, you know, yeah, this is the All Diggers Trash podcast, the podcast where we, you know, talk about all things patriarchy, uh, all things garbage, our, all things garbage, <laughs> just straight garbage, basura. Yes. So, you know, every, you know, I feel like. To a lot of people, all dick is trash. That phrase is like something kind of villainous. So I and I, you know, I'll, I'll embrace it, you know, and I like to. It's kind of like in Joker where there wasn't just one thing that set Joaquin Phoenix off. It was multiple different experiences. Wait, wait. Can you say Joaquin? Joaquin. Thank you. Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, yes. Um, you know, his name is John or something. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it wasn't just one thing. It was like multiple experiences. And I feel like it was the same thing uh, that led me to to start saying all dick is trash and to continue to stand by it. You know, so one. So I like to start every episode with a trash dick anthology, like trash dick experience. And I'm just going to share today about the worst day I've ever been on in my life. Uh, and that was, it was this guy I met on Tinder. I don't even remember his name. <laughs> not and worth remembering. Not worth remembering. And he was like, uh, he's into EDM and all this shit. Yes. And like, it was one of those guys like, 
you know, I was talking to a ton of guys at the same time. I was probably like 24, 25, uh, which was last year if you're my agent. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, so this guy, he was just one of those guys on the apps where it's just like never worked out. Like you would just always text and or something. And he was just like, was a little corny, but we never made solid plans. I was always kind of seeing someone else and we never made solid plans to date, to go on a, uh, our first date. And then, you know, he would hit me up every few months like, yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? Every few months. And then finally I was like, you know what? Okay, cool. Let's do this. So then he's like, oh, okay, great. Like, let's, let's go out for drinks. And I'm like, great. Um, and it, he, he was like, uh, let's go to Beauty and Essex. And that's like a super fancy bar, but I had no idea. Yes, they give you and, champagne in the bathroom fancy. Yes, it's super fucking fancy. Like speak easy with like you it, in the front. It looks like a pawn shop. And then you go through these like doors and there's like a marble spiral staircase lined with like chrome. It's just like so gaudy and nice. And, you know, even my friend Michelle, she was like, this that place is so fancy. But Michelle is like, she you know we went to bahama breeze and she was like this place is so fancy (laughs) so i couldn't really trust her opinion but yeah like i had a panic attack on the floor i had to hang out in the bathroom that's how i knew they had champagne yeah (laughs) no so well this was like a long time ago and it was the day i remember i got paid on thursdays and it was a wednesday like i was the day before payday broke but this guy was just asking me so much to go on a date with him i said yes so we're at this we're on this date and um you know he he's just not being a real person he's just like being so corny like touching me a lot like touching my back like trying to get in close and i would ask him a question and like he would just everything would be just be a corny line to like try to be endearing and it was such a turnoff he'd be like what's your you know uh, i remember i asked like who's your favorite celebrity crush or who's your celebrity crush? Like trying to break the ice and stuff. And he's like, you're my favorite celebrity crush. And I'm like, okay. I mean, if he said that now, like, okay, fine. But I definitely had 100 followers on Instagram at the moment. <laughs> but then, yeah. So he, it was always just like, it was just so canned. And, you know, of course, my favorite celebrity crush, Jake Gyllenhaal, Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I had to let him know. I love Asian men. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Uh, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So there, like, our waitress was this, like, six foot tall, hazel skin, green eyed model with, like, slick back hair. And she was just so beautiful, so thin, perfect skin, you know, because they actually have models that work there. So I was like, wow, everyone who works here is so hot. And he's like, not as hot as you. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, dude, calm down. Like, I get, like, that was a tough situation. Like, the guy can't be like, yeah, he's everyone's hot. Then I would feel some type of way. But then not as hot as you is, is like a weird thing. Anyway, the check comes. <laughs> and this place is fancy. Each drink is $20. And I'm before payday broke, right? So the check comes in. He's like, oh, okay, just give me like 45, 50 bucks and we'll be good. And I was like, what? I thought this was a date. And he's like, huh? I thought you said you had a job. And I was like, what? And I was so uncomfortable and he couldn't sense it. And he's like, fine. I'll pay. And like, he's like, I'll pay for it, but only because you're so beautiful. And I was like, 
Ew. What the fuck, dude? You asked me, like, if he would have asked me to go to a dive bar or something, I would have been cool with it. You know what I mean? But he, he insisted on going to Beauty and Essex. It was he's his fucking choice. And he's been trying choice. forever. And right? he's been trying forever, Doug. What? So I was so uncomfortable. And I crossed my arms in the bar. Like, I was like, my body language was like closed off to this guy. And he's like, come on, yo, give me a high five. Give me a high five. And like everyone in the bar is like turning around, like what, what the fuck's going on? He's like, give me a high, give me a high five. And I'm like, oh my god, stop! Like you're making a scene. He's like, give me a high five. Get, and then like I finally gave him a high five, and he, he, like I put up my hand and he he put like his fist like this and he, like with a thumb out and he's like, awkward turkey, awkward turtle. <laughs> he yelled this in the bar everyone turned around and looked like what the fuck just happened and i was so embarrassed uh we left so he paid the bill we left and then i hugged and i was like you know like it could have been a misunderstanding stuff he never texted me which is fine you know but that was one of the worst dates i've ever been on and that was <laughs> one of the first like seeds of like wow i'll take his trash trust no dick trust no dick <laughs> Gina Bloom. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm so happy to have you here on the All Dick is Trash podcast. Loving the title. Yeah. <laughs> very on brand for you. Yeah, very on brand for, yeah, very on brand for me. Um, yeah, so basically I started this podcast um, as a way, you know, it was like a term that I used in a sketch that like just really got some traction and, you know, I feel like it's a way for people to share their frustrations about the patriarchy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And it's just like just easy boiling down to those four words. So I just like to bring people on and, you know, talk to their talk about their relationship with Dick, with the phrase, with all this stuff. And I'm so, so happy to have you. So Gina Bloom is a Martin Grant finalist. Uh, that is correct. Yes. Congrats. You, That's thank so you. Congrats. Sweet. Uh, you are uh, you have the make it make it rain, um, show at Club Cheetahs in Hollywood, which will change locations very soon. Yeah. You have Sweet, mm -hmm. the Ladies Guide to Bro Culture podcast. Yes, I do. Right here on the More Banana Network. Yes, on the same network, Network Buddies. That's right. Uh, then you um, you grew up in Indiana. Then you went from Indiana to Florida, yes. to LA, to Tennessee, yep, to yep. New York City, and then back to LA. And you're currently bicoastal? or I'm just currently bicoastal. Yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, it's bicoastal, but it's mostly LA. LA it's yeah. like 75% LA, LA, I guess. Right? Yeah. Um, and you work in tech? That I do. And you're the winner of the Harlem Comedy Festival? 2018. Yes. Uh, Rashad Bashir, I believe, won it this year, so... Mm. I'm no longer the the, the reigning champion. But yes, yeah. and you also uh, were the finalist in the SheW Comedy Festival. That I was, yeah, 2018 as well. I had a big year, 2018. All right, so that's a little bit about you. That's a little bit about me, yeah. Yeah, and I just like uh, I have a million questions. Go for it. Um, you know, yeah. First of all, like I like to ask all my guests, is is all dick trash or no? And that's you can say no. It's okay. Uh, before I get into mm -hmm. whether or not all dick is trash, I'm I'm just I have to applaud you right away. Just 
for having a podcast on the internet in 2019, I 2020 know, with I the know. title All Dick is Trash. I'm I just know. saying that. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually Reddit very... Reddit is gonna fucking love you. I know. I'm gonna... I know. I... That's why I was like, should I not have this name <laughs> or should i call it like everything's trash i don't know no yet. you no you this is your truth and it's like and it resonates for a reason like yeah. if, you, if you if you just said everything is trash no one would have cared yeah. Like, yeah whatever like i know tell but we don't i hate know, getting harassed i hate it too <sighs> it's it sucks i've you know i've not experienced it at, at a mass level thankfully but here and there it's not fun and I just I I I applaud your bravery. I know for I'm going like, for it. I'm, it's not really bravery. I'm just like, oh my god. I guess I, I guess I gotta call it this because yeah. I mean, I've been harassed like in mass for s- small periods of time. It's I not got, great. There, th- these people will dig through. I got a little bit a taste of it when I dared say that Dave Chappelle's most recent special wasn't very good that's all i said oh well and as a you trans know, person then i became like queen snowflake for a day oh well you know that's what free speech is yeah, uh, yeah liking exactly. everything and not saying anything bad right. about not saying an objective truth that that special was just not very good it just, yeah it's just not good and you know what like uh, well that's well that's what got me um i you know those women that got you know Amber Rolo and Kelly Bachman got yeah. kicked out of that yeah. got kicked out of that um bar and I wrote you know a bunch of tweets saying like all these comedians that got upset at Shane Gillis for um yeah where are you now yeah, yeah where are exactly. you now that's what that's all I posted I was like because like you know Bill Burr David Spade all these people were writing like did segments on their podcasts on their shows like this is the end of comedy like comedy blah blah, blah. like we need to protect our industry yeah and then exactly. these girls are getting thrown out of a bar on some Lenny Bruce shit for making a joke right and these these people are silent and I said that and like Somebody who has a very famous podcast or a very well-known podcast uh, that makes $50,000 a month on Patreon retweeted it, called me a retard, and I was attacked for an entire weekend. And they dug through, like, photos of me. I went back back to, I know, those people, like, harassed me, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know... They found a, p- a picture of me at a wedding from like 2016, zoomed in on my teeth and like zoomed in on my gap and was like, I'm this close to giving up on 2019. And it was like my gap and like I fucking blocked them and, all that, you know, but th- that was pretty funny. <laughs> but like also like it was mean in the, in the moment I was like, what the fuck? Fuck you. But now I'm like, that's actually really funny. Uh <laughs> But anyway, yes, I'm scared, but thank you for your applause. But now, yes, <laughs> let's now, get to the back air. to the question. Back to the question. Is all dick trash? I, you know, I on my show, I I tend to attempt to be kind of even-handed about this. Like I don't try to like shit on people's taste too much. It's a different kind of show, but I'm going to say all dick is has trash qualities i think all mm. dick has a percentage of trash i think mm. there's i think there's a baseline level of trash to dick mm. so is all dick trash yes it mm. is but not all 
It doesn't have to trash. be at the same level. Mm. Like trash is a trash is a spectrum. Trash <laughs> is a spectrum. <laughs> trash is a spectrum. Yeah. You know yeah. what? Have you ever been to Japan? I have not. I've been to the Philippines. That's as close as I've come. <laughs> well, um, in Japan, like they sort garbage. Like there's just eight different ways. You know, there's like really strict recycling laws. Yeah, sure. And you have to, and there's like a compost bin, and then there's like the plastic, but only this kind of plastic. There's oh, okay. like the paper. That's yeah, kind of that's how like, I feel. Yeah, that's like, like San Francisco. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like very strict. Like, yeah, yeah. So. Um, that's a, like how I like to categorize like all different trash, like, types of trash, different types of trash. And, you know, sometimes the trash is, uh, you know, sometimes the trash is you can recycle it. You can recycle okay, it. You but be, sometimes okay. it's just for the it's, compost heap. Some, yeah. Sometimes it just needs to be burned. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> styrofoam. So, yeah, like just styrofoam, can't you can't get yeah, rid of it. Nothing stays around it. and won't biodegrade. Um, <laughs> trash metaphors aside, you know, I, um, I want I'm like trying to see how I compose this. Yeah, so I received not some flack, but you know, uh an, a trans woman shared uh ad- objections to uh-huh. the phrasing all dick is trash because it's reducing I see that. yeah, like I can see that. Sure. Yeah, you can see I I can see that too. Um it's reduced, you know, the argument is it's reducing like all or saying like dick is only related to cis men. Yeah. And um you know, I don't it's like hard because like, of course, I, I totally understand that, um, you know, and yeah, I the phrasing, it's like tough, you know, so it's tough. You know what? This is probably not going to endear me too much to my community. I think I think sometimes the trans community gets just a little bit sensitive to shit that. They should know based on context is, isn't addressing them. Like it's obviously you're not talking about trans women when you say all dick is trash, even though as a trans woman, I technically have one. Mm. But I can tell you that of my experience in the dick having world, I'm going to say it's pretty much trash. You know, I <laughs> trans women are we're complicated. We, some of us are mm-hmm. trash. Some of us aren't. The dick doesn't have anything to do with that. Mm. It's all personality. Mm-hmm. But and I think this is what your what your podcast is trying to address. The dick comes with the patriarchy mm-hmm. and the patriarchy is trash. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't like as much as we might want to like that. There's a part of that. And that's like that's who we are. That's who mm-hmm. we are as trans people that we have. We have a history and we have like an association and we have even just the, like a biological echo of that. And it's not our responsibility. And I'm not saying that, that trans women aren't women. Guys, don't fucking kill me, please. But I, what I am saying is that dicks as a piece of anatomy have symbolized mm-hmm. an oppressive force for such a long time. And mm-hmm. even though that we were closeted and like we were really, you know, women that just couldn't express ourselves Mm -hmm. there's you know there's no harm in saying that you know dicks over dicks throughout history have been problematic things Mm -hmm. and that we can help Mm -hmm. we can help educate you know cis men Mm. use your fucking dick responsibly guys here's here's what you can do Mm -hmm. with that thing instead of like trying to subjugate and destroy here's here's a good way to use your dick Mm. um 
I don't know. It's complicated. I, 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 I hear myself talking and I feel myself becoming more problematic as I speak. But no, like, I mean, I feel like it's nuanced and that's like this. It stuff is nuanced. That, yeah. It's a nuanced discussion that, you know, can only happen in really like in a podcast or in like kind of person where yeah. we can talk about that stuff because, you know, when it gets online and yeah, you know, I, I it's also tough for me, too, because. It's like, yeah, it has been this oppressive. I really liked how you phrased it of like Dick has symbolized this oppressive force. And at the same time, as women have, you know, as cis women have really start to like get um, pride and like be comfortable with vagina imagery and pussy hats and all that stuff. Like, I understand yeah, I just under it's just complicated because it's like at the same time this is not everything that it means to be a woman. No, not and, at all. And but like, but it's at the same time it's like, but it's not like we've for centuries been embracing and like reveling in this vagina imagery and on all this you know. So it's it's tough. It's so tough. It's it's really weird because like you know there's there's a lot of signifiers of power mm-hmm. in in the world like mm-hmm. pale skin is a signifier yes. of power whether mm-hmm. or not you have a, a dick or a vagina. Or some ambiguous genitalia. You, if you're white, mm. you're perceived as a powerful person. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something I talk about in my act, and it's, and it's, it's a true thing. When I, when I was pre-transitioned, people looked at me and they saw an Asian person because mm. I'm biracial, and they saw the Asianness in me come out. But mm-hmm. when I transitioned and I grew my hair long and I started, you know, wearing makeup, all of a sudden people were perceiving me more often as a white person. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is other than the fact that my appearance looks expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like I'm wearing like $300 in product right now on my face. So think, oh, well, obviously there's a white person because who else could afford that shit? And it's subconscious, right? Like I don't mm-hmm. think they make that decision consciously. But like it's weird how that works. How like by giving up one form of privilege, I gained a different form of privilege. Mm. I, I don't know. It's, but like, I think that's why I can be a little bit detached mm. when it comes to like, you know, the differences in gender versus anatomy. I'm not saying that, you know, gender and anatomy are completely separate. They are. But mm. in the sense that we live in a world and that world has a history mm. and that history is often tied to matters of anatomy, whether yeah. or not you have a penis and whether or not you have pale skin. Yeah. Speaking the truth. <laughs> uh, well, now back into, you know, thank you for sharing. I really appreciated that. I mean, not just because you echoed like things that I really believe, but yeah. it's also like, yeah, I mean, you know, I really appreciate your perspective and that's like important to me. Um, and yeah, like it's important to you. It's hard. It's hard in these discussions to like what what is like stuff that needs to be changed or like how can i like improve so you know i really appreciate that we're all trying to improve yeah so back to (laughs) gina yeah and you know let me tell you so i first met you at an onion workshop that i like coordinated like a long a few years ago and then i i I, remember it well yes yes and then i yeah click hole yes 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 and then i added you on facebook and i did not know you well but i loved reading your little um facebook post about your sexual escapades yeah yeah. (laughs) and there was yeah so interesting so fun 
Um, so yeah, this this kind of goes into that. I mean, if you had a blog or even a book, uh-huh. I'd read the fuck out of it. Um, but anyway, I digress. I want to hear about your most trash experience. Oh my and it God. could be like it. It doesn't have to se- se- uh, like be sexual. No, it can be so like much. work. It could be anything. Oh, the most trash. That's a hard one. I know it's hard. Um, it's like your. It's like what's your favorite song? It's like of course, like the day, whatever. But yeah. like anything in your top five or anything that comes out to you. I don't want you to get stressed out. Like no, well, is that right. the most. I'll tell you about the most recent trash mm. experience I've experienced. So I, I moved to LA a few months ago, and uh, I got very horny very quickly mm. and so i think the first three months or so just banging mm-hmm. just banging everybody mm-hmm. and um i ended up dating this guy and i thought he was gonna be like a good dude mm. and he was fine he's not a bad guy but he was like i saw him on like the dating app and he had long hair mm. and he was tall and he's like so he's like six six or something like that and six six yeah six foot six and mm, i don't know that's two one one six away from the devil i know <laughs> i know i know he's one he's just he was half an inch then he'd be six foot six point six or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah no um but he was not so anyway i um he sounded great and then we went on a date and he took me to like a dispensary because i hadn't gotten mm. my la weed yet and it was fine and then he found my podcasting history and my internet history and he heard all about the sexual escapades that I've had with like threesomes and and like how I'm very free and then like I've built like a mini career on just talking about my sex life on podcasts, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is true. I just did that a few days ago. And um, all of a sudden, that's all he wanted to do was for, for me to indoctrinate him into like the world of like sexual adventure it's like Ugh. sexual adventuring like oh you have to take me to like orgies and you have to take me to like no. you know play parties and i'm like no dude like for one thing i don't really want that right now yeah like that stuff it sounds like that's all i do because that's why i go on the podcasts that are about sex yeah. just to talk about shit like that but it's not like i do it every day like yeah you, they're basically hearing like the three or four times a year that i do it mm. and like i have i go on maybe like three or four different podcasts a year so i have a different story every time i do it yeah but like so he just thought that that was like that was my life. So he just saw me as like a sex teacher for mm. him, and like it reminded me of when I was pre-transition, and like I would have these crushes on these like complicated women that had like just really robust sex lives, and like I kind of felt like the same way. Like I like I wanted them to like you know induct me into their ways yeah. of like hodum and like. Yeah. And it made me feel like, you know, again, this is like what I was talking about earlier. You know, all dick is a little trash. And I remember, yeah. what, you remember I remember myself being pre-transitioned. Like, that's that was shitty of me mm. to, like, want these women to, like, just take them, take me under their wing just mm. because, uh, you know, because I wanted them to. And like, here's this guy. He's giant. And I thought he's, like, this hot musician. It turns out he's, like, this, you know, fucking dork yeah. that played, like, 80s covers in his in his band (laughs) and like all the stuff that i thought was hot was not hot and then the deal breaker was i was like all right we've been going out for a little bit a few weeks i want you to take me on a real date because all we've really done is we just go smoke weed hook up and then he bugs me about taking him to sex parties and like take me on a date Hmm. i want some good sushi that's what i want i want some good fucking sushi 
and he's lived in LA his entire life, so he should know where good, good sushi, sushi is. Spots, yeah. yeah. And so he takes me to the sushi place, and it is so close to an auto zone that, <laughs> that it seems in my mind they are connected. In my mind, the auto zone and the sushi restaurant are one. I'm somehow I feel like so many creepy men. Yeah, frequent auto zone and advanced auto parts. Yeah, like, absolutely. So yeah. like. Like they just hang out there like these creeps. I saw your tweet and I was gonna ask you right after this. Yeah. Like, can I please hear about the Autozone <laughs> sushi Auto story? Zone and sushi the fact story. that this was the buildup makes me so yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> it was so close to an auto zone. So, I mean, in the tweet it says it's somehow part of an auto zone. Obviously, that's a joke. I'm sorry, I'm sorry I exaggerated Twitter, but mm. like, but it was so close to the auto zone and it was so ganky. And like shitty, and it wasn't nice at all. It was this tiny little sushi stand that I would be fine getting takeout from. I'm not mm. being elitist at all, but like I sometimes want... that was it like a hole in the wall that was really good. No, it was a hole in the wall, <laughs> but it wasn't really good. Oh. It tasted like they people at AutoZone made it. That's and like there's still oh, someone really? outside like jumping their battery. Yeah, right yeah. Oh, there's wow. some guy, so there's some guy <laughs> pouring oil into his engine, and like we're watching him like pour oil into his car, and like do the fucking dipstick with you know and like this is not this is, i wanted a date at a real at a nice restaurant nice restaurant you don't have to take me to nobu but like just take me to a good sushi place not AutoZone. yeah well i will say because my my friend lives in Kauai, and his dad's like yeah. a really well-known sushi maker but he like the place is in the back of a restaurant like a hole in the wall but he spends all of the the money getting like really nice cuts of fish and stuff oh no i mean yeah and like sometimes it's that but then it just didn't sound like that it just sounded like did he just google sushi in the first place that i'll tell you exactly what he did this is this is this is the other deal breaker that i haven't put into the tweet yet now it's a truism there was an la uh food critic he's passed away i don't remember his name but he says if you want, poisoned from oh sorry <laughs> he says if you want Good ethnic food, go to where the people who are of that identity shop for themselves. And it's true. Like LA, the best Mexican food in LA is in the immigrant communities. It's mm -hmm. not in West Hollywood. You mm -hmm. need to go to like the valley mm. where like people who are of actual like Hispanic descent mm -hmm. live because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're not going to drive, you know, a half an hour to get, you know, their food. They're going to yeah. go near where they live. And I'm sure that, you know, the best sushi is, you know, probably in like, you know, little Tokyo or whatever. Torrance. Or Torrance. Yeah, wherever, you know, wherever those Japanese people, people are, live. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of Japanese people live out in the South Bay. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that's where the best stuff is. But this was Van Nuys. This is not, this <laughs> is not a heavy Asian community. Now, if you wanted to take me for like Mexican food, would have been fine with that because Van Nuys is... A, a large Hispanic community, I'm, I'm sure it would have been killer. Yeah. But, like, this was, like, not that. And the reason why he picked it, the reason why he picked that thing is that it was within 1.2 miles of my apartment. He wanted to get fucked is what he wanted to do. Yeah. He wanted some place that was near enough that we could eat and go bang. He didn't want to take me. He didn't want to drive the extra three and a half miles to the good part of the valley, even mm. to like, like Toluca Lake where like the fancy restaurants are. He wanted to stay in Van Nuys cause it was close to where I was going to have sex with him. Did you I, still have sex with him after that? Absolutely not. No, I, oh, I, okay. I, I, I feigned illness and 
I never talked to him again. I was like, this is bullshit. has he hit up? Has he hit you up since? Or? No, he has not. He, I think he got the message. Ugh, I'm so sorry. Oh, trash. Trash indeed. I hate when they don't have like initiative and they don't want to plan anything. And yeah, stuff. they just want to like. I mean, I got a text from a guy. He's he's a comic. I don't think he listens to podcasts. He's he's like semi famous. He's been on TV. He's been on all like the na- late night shows. Mm-hmm. And like we hooked up for a little bit. And um, he sent me a text on his birthday and said, hey, it's my birthday. And then the next thing he sends me is like a, a tongue emoji and like a eggplant emoji. And like Lick his dick? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And he's all the way, you know, in like, you know, fucking downtown or whatever. And I'm like, no, dude. Yeah, no. I just never answered it. He still creeps on me. <sighs> That's these, you know, like I'm trying to find something i don't know I, i'll be on these apps and everyone be like what are you looking for you know that's what i'll get like those messages and i hate that question because like i understand like you don't want to waste time yeah. but at the same time it's like well i don't know what i'm looking for because i could like obviously i'm looking for a relationship obviously but if if i'm if, I, if we go on a one date and i've it's not a vibe i'm not gonna be like well i'm looking for a relationship it's like i'm not looking for a relationship with you chad yeah, like exactly. i'm just like trying to figure it out but then these guys will be like well i'm only looking for ho- i'm looking for hookups and i'm like okay so what or like they'll be like well i'm just looking for something casual and i'm like okay what is casual it's like oh somebody consistent that like i fuck all the time and they're hot and they're cool and nice and we hang out and blah blah and i'm how is that just not dating someone like what is How wrong is that with you not except that they just don't they want to do whatever they want they want to have the option of like finding someone else it's all it is it's all that all they want when they say casual is they just want everything they want all the emotional and sexual yes, validation but they also don't want to feel responsible to you so then what's the yeah then it's like so then what is it in it for me yeah i'm exactly. giving you everything this and then you give me trash nothing yeah you're yeah. trash, dick. <laughs> you're trash it's not dick. gonna be good the sexual experience is not gonna be good like or you know in my experience and you can you know i've found like probably nine times out of ten it's the the hookups are not satisfying for me this is what i tell those guys when they say that to me, I'm like, okay, you want to have just a casual relationship. I'll tell you what, if we go out and we vibe and I want to have sex with you, that's fine. We'll have sex. But I promise you, if I find someone who is the least bit serious about me, I will drop you like a fucking hot rock. I yeah. Will, I, I will, you will, you will feel like wind as I, as I, as I desert you. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's what you're getting. Like you're going to, you're going to get attached to like me, but because you're not you're not making that extra effort. Yeah. I'm going to leave you the first fucking chance. Yeah. And I just, I don't even do, I don't even get there. I'm just like, I don't even want to get into this because yeah. then I'll feel bad. Like my, my tendency is like to feel bad when I do that, when I leave, even though, yeah, like I want to fucking leave. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, um, is it like unique to just LA and New York or you think people in the Midwest have like the same mentality? It is absolutely the same everywhere. mentality. I think that, I think that's probably more prevalent in like the coastal cities because there's not like a there's not as much of a heavy like religious and family like orientation out here. Yeah. But I also think that the the men who aren't like, you know, I want to crank out babies and, and love Jesus. They're probably all kind of like that. I'm sure that there's a lot of trash dick in like Wilmington, North Carolina. I'm sure there's plenty Fair. of it. I feel like in New York and LA, there's like feigned options, like, or they yeah. think that they have so many options and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so they're like, well, I don't want to lock myself down because there might be something. And I just feel like they're just 
it's just about timing for some of these guys where, you know, it's like, okay, I'm ready to like take myself out the game. Well, and like the first person yeah. that comes by yeah. where I feel like women might be like, you know, I'm, re- you know, I'm looking for something. I don't know what, you know, I'm looking for something serious, but like if this guy's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make, I'll make sacri- not sacrifices, but like it's this person. Like I really like this person and, and I want something with this person. Whereas like the person could be right, but it's like the wrong time quote unquote with these guys. And yeah, I don't know. So this is what I found when I moved to LA after a few months, having lived both, you know, as a male appearing person and then as a woman in LA single in both places. What I found is that when I was in LA, I kind of adopted that as a dude, I kind of adopted that, you know, mentality of I'm going to keep my options open. Mm -hmm. I was not hot. I was not worth it. Trash dick. Mm -hmm. I'll admit it. Um, And I found myself alone a lot and I Mm. found myself just not in demand. And I wasn't a bad looking person as a dude and I had a good job and like, and all of those things going for me. But you know, my, my trash dicky qualities kept me from, from meaningful connections. And then in LA now I'm highly in demand by mm-hmm. everybody. I'm fucking can't mention his name now because he might be listening to this, but like very famous comedian, you know, fucking stalking me on the internet. Mm. And like, I might hook up with him and like, mm. and like, I have like attractive, you know, women, men and all these other people are coming after me. That's a weird way of saying it, but like, yeah, no, everyone's, everyone's, everyone's everyone wants to fuck Gina yeah, everyone's in LA. It. We get it. We get it. So reflects on me. I get it. Yeah. The thing is, the hope <laughs> is that, it was what I found. Universal truth that I found is that those straight men, those trash dick men that are just, they're decent looking. Yeah. They're not bad. They're not the most beautiful. They're not women who are always in demand and they're not gay men who are always in demand. Mm-hmm. So they kind of box themselves into like this little corner where they're just, they want to keep their options open. But by doing that, nobody wants them. Exactly. And I feel like people are just not honest. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that they th- like because it's fine if you want to keep your options open and sure. stuff. Or the thing that gets me, which I find on the, on a lot, which I feel like uh, straight men want to use apps maybe the way that a lot of gay men use apps. So Absolutely, like, come yes. over right now and suck my dick. Like it's they, just like they have they have gay envy. They they have gay sex envy. Absolutely, they definitely have do. gay sex envy. And it's like okay, no, <laughs> yeah. like I'll get those. You know, there's some guys where I'm like. Okay, this guy's so hot. If he asked me to come over, I'd come over. Absolutely. Right now. But yeah. then that's like that's super less, rare. Super rare. And then there's and but then most of them, they're like guys who I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna swipe right on this guy. This guy looks really nice. He looks like yeah. a good person. And then it's always I'm like, I I want I want to eat your ass. Come over to my house. I live like a, a mile away. I'm like, no. Why would I do that? This is not a tr- and that like this is not appealing to me. Um, what those straight guys don't understand is you ask any gay male couple. 90% of them, they got together in some hookup fashion. Yeah. They either got, if they're young enough, they got together on an app or they got together at the gym where they hooked up or they yeah. got together wherever gay men are hooking up. I guarantee you most of them or many of them at least have got together because that's just how, you know, men are and mm-hmm. gay men, they like to have sex and that's, that's, that happens, but that doesn't mean they're not emotional people. Mm. Like they want to have connections. So mm-hmm. even though, like a lot of them have hooked up in like, you know, situations that felt kind of random. Mm. They form connections over time. And that's, I think that's what those, those street guys don't understand is that their people are still falling in love. They're still getting together. They're just, 
gay men are just like that and women for the most part are not yeah but the end result is the same so just you know you want to have sex with women you got to meet them halfway yeah exactly yeah i guess it's just like if you're closed off to that yeah option before anything then it's like there's no appeal like it's literally me starting an internship as a pre-law person even though i have no law experience and it, there's no room for growth and it's unpaid yeah. you know it's just like it doesn't make sense for me to do that right now if you're not going to take anything seriously even down the line um just switching gears a little bit what are some red flags that you feel like you've ignored and made excuses for you know um, and it could be as superficial as like white dreads per se but you know i i that is not superficial yeah that's a serious red flag yeah but are there any red flags that you're just like ah, i should have fucking known i mean there's a lot i think that um what I found is that people who have like unstable relationships, like they're constantly having drama with their friends and things like that. Mm. I found that that's like a red flag because even though when you hear from that person, it's like, Oh, well, whatever. It's their fault. It's their fault. It's their fault. If you have a pattern of like being unstable, chances are you're the asshole. Yeah. Um, and the lack of self-awareness, too, the lack like of self-awareness. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, even like more benign things like, um, I don't know, like just being a certain age, like by the time you're 30, I think you should have like a pretty good grasp of like how the world works mm. and like the culture around you. And like, mm. especially when you live in like New York and LA, if you don't, if you're so limited that you don't like, oh, I never eat blah, blah, blah food. If someone is just like so closed off to like even baseline experiences, like I never eat Indian food. I never do this. Oh, really? I never do that. Yeah. It, that person to me, even though, it sounds like a really like benign, dumb thing. Mm. What I often find is that, you know, that that limitation that they set for themselves are limited in a lot of other ways. Mm. And like someone who's limited is just not going to be compatible with me. Mm. Gina, you're so wise. Do you Thank know you. that? I'm like, do you know that you're smart? <laughs> That's why all of LA's. Uh, <laughs> I guess so. Ripping yeah. each other apart to try to <laughs> be with you. You are a, a, a hot, smart woman. And I guess there's not that many in LA. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, no. well, uh, I'm, kidding. I'm from LA. Thanks. No, yeah. Well, you live here. So also oop. true. Uh, oop. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, that's true. Um, Without naming, you know, venues or names mm -hmm. or anything, what is your most trash experience been in comedy? Oh, my God. Okay. So there's been quite a lot. Um, I've talked about this before to, like, friends. It Being a, a trans person, like, I don't quite get – I do get it. I do get a lot of the trash experience. Like, I do get, like, definitely the sexism and definitely – I've been definitely – had like a lot of dudes say crude shit to me. Mm -hmm. Probably not at with the frequency, be, only because they're afraid that I'm gonna bust them mm. and like out them as like trans amorous. And I totally mm. fucking will if, yeah. if they're if they're being fucking closet cases about it and they're being yeah. assholes to me and like and they're being disgusting. I'm be like, hey, guess what? Blah 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 blah. And like, no, yeah, I, I'm I'm not above like I'm not above like you know taking a little revenge if someone treats me like shit. Mm. But um. I guess the trash experience in comedy, there's so much of it. Um, wow, it's it's tough because I have had like a lot of like 
straight male comics that appreciate my sense of humor, mm-hmm. but they they either objectify me in a weird way or they or they just treat me as like a little like prop. Mm. And um, I'm trying to think like I can like talk about it without like giving up the spot too much. But um, well, did you do comedy pre-transition? I did not. I started comedy yeah. as this person. Yeah, because I so feel like never. I never had the the opposite experience. I feel like you know. And forgive me. Yeah. Um, but I feel like sometimes people. This is what gets me is like people want to um just show off that they are so cool and so yeah, woke of course. Yeah, and then they, they book you and stuff you know i feel that as a woman of color yeah you sure. know so it's like oh you and that really it really gets to me sometimes because it's like wait did you book me because you think i'm talented or did you book me because you want to have a diverse lineup you know i'm gonna share with you i, I will not blow up her spot because i know that she I don't know that she didn't mean it in malice, but I was hanging out with a comedian friend of mine, cis woman, and she kind of implied that I got booked so much because I do book a lot. She kind of implied that I got booked so much because I'm trans. Mm. And then I think once the alcohol wore off, she like (laughs) realized that was a shitty thing to say. So she says, uh, she texts me, um, now that I'm home replaying things, I said that might have come off wrong. I wasn't saying you weren't talented when getting booked by woke white women. I was saying they flex real hard off things they never fought for. But you know me, so I'm sure you know I was making fun of them. Love you. Yeah, but... But also, you kind of were just yeah, bitching you were. about the fact that I've done, like, shows and shit that you haven't, podcasts that you haven't, that you want to get on, that people that you're friends with, and I've done their shit, and you haven't, and I... It kind of is. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie that I'm not getting booked because I'm trans. But it's also, both, though. Yeah, but also, like, you and I, we have to deal with the rest of the fucking world. Just exactly. Because, just because we're getting spots because we're a little unique compared to, like, you know, cis white people doesn't mean that we don't have to fucking deal with, it's like, so much harder. everything else. And, like, yeah. And, like, sure, we'll get, like, we'll get, like, a diversity spot, but we're also not going to get the fucking ABC sitcom. Exactly. Anytime soon. Or we don't have intergenerational. I mean, I don't have intergenerational don't. wealth to support Absolutely me to not. do all this stuff. So, like, and I come from an immigrant mother and a mm-hmm. you know father from like the south, and like we had zero money. I have nothing supporting me. Yeah, and I think like for me, you know, it's hard because. Yeah, it's like, am I getting booked for my talent? And then it's also like imposter syndrome comes from somewhere. You know what I mean? Like it comes from somewhere. It doesn't just it's not just like a a thing that we are born and we're inherently feel inferior. It's what other it's those little comments of like you're 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 only getting this because of this or this and that, you know, and not like really valuing your talent or your hard work or anything. You know, here's how I fight imposter syndrome and comedy. I pay attention to everyone on the show. And I'm listening to who's getting the laughs, mm-hmm. irrespective of who, what kind of person they are. And then I listen to myself as I get the laughs. Mm-hmm. On nearly every show I do, I'm getting the most, if 
not in the top three amount of laps. Yeah. Now that show we did last night, that was a killer ass show. Everyone was killing it. I know. I was like, I hope you didn't I don't feel like I did great in that show. No, no, that I mean the crowd was a little quiet. It was hard. The crowd was a little quiet. (laughs) Yeah. And and they were they were far away from the stage, which is always a challenge. Yes. and I was first. And being first and and I was second. So you know, going going early is always a challenge. But like I'm like But like I'm talking about like I didn't bomb though. Absolutely not. No, not far from it. I, I you know like I've done shows at like the improv. I've done shows at like Gotham. I've done shows, mm-hmm. you know, at all of the clubs, save for like the really big ones. And I, I'm paying attention and I know who's getting laughs and I know that I'm getting a lot of laughs relative to everybody else. Not yeah. always, but more often than not. And so I know by the objective standard of laughs, who's who the audience finds funny. Yeah. It doesn't matter that I am a person that was one gender and then, you know, transition to the next people find me funny yeah and And that's why i'm getting booked and my thing too is like you're one of those people you know i feel like i'm kind of but like you play you know you play like the alt rooms and like you know the like alt brooklyn stuff and like of course those audiences are a lot more open yeah of course but then you also do a lot of club shows which i'm very impressed about you know so like how do you feel like do you think those audiences and like all you know the alt rooms you know just for anyone who's listening who cares like alt rooms are like like the union hall you know like more alt alternative comedy that's like not necessarily just stand up it's a little bit more out of the box and right it tends to be uh a little bit more diverse and cooler and woke and stuff and then the clubs are like the carolines like the the touristy crowds Mm -hmm. the the you know people who have real nine to fives that come yeah. for just a week you know yeah they just come in and they you know, they bring them off the street mm-hmm. um thank you for one thing i i do do a lot of i i i try to i try to you make myself okay do. I, I do do <laughs> i do do we all do do everybody uh, i'm a mature woman i'm sorry I'm so you do, do you do do uh-huh. i do do mm-hmm. i may do do after the show Let's yeah see. oh okay it's, well all i've right. had all right. you had coffee, coffee today yeah ago, so you never know <laughs> i am so time. sorry so continue you play the club i rooms. play the clubs not i mean i'm not past i'm quasi sort of past at a club in la but from what i understand they only say that to women to get them to shut up mm. i will not tell you which comedy that is but it rhymes with flaff hactory um okay but so they so they they pass women but then they never book them um Mm, yeah i've heard that about that place seems to be a thing they do there um so i'm not going to say that i'm passed except that whatever anyway um but i've done you know improv in the store and i've done you know mostly in new york clubs um not regularly it's hard because i because i did I do like the alt scene a lot, so I've never been one to hang out in clubs. I've never been one, yeah, to like you know do the audition mics and do all of that mm. because I just I don't like the comedy as much. So yeah, like, I'm very happy with my with my altdom. Yeah, and it keeps me very busy, so I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> I get people after the show, straight men, straight women, whatever, no matter what, wherever I go, if I do well, they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. They follow me on social. Mm-hmm. they say nice things mm-hmm. the the comics if i do well they they give me a fist bump um you know it's i'm not saying comedy is a meritocracy obviously obviously it's not we that's far from it yeah but um nothing is nothing is but like i i don't know i i put a lot of like 
energy. I do like these like weird little meditation things before I go up where mm. I, I'm paying attention to what the audience is doing, like what, where they're at, what they're feeling. And so I, I tailor my energy to like what the audience, what mm. I think the audience wants. So I rarely bomb because of that, I think. And um, I do that, you know, I just pay more attention than I think a lot of people do. And I think that's, mm. that's how it works, I think. Gina's in high demand in LA. She really right. bombs. She's got it. She's connected. She's connected. I'm with not the trying energy. to fucking flex. Like uh, I, hate, I, I hate know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like I'm like being teasing super you. humble. No, you're being like super humble and happened. vulnerable, and it's hard to talk about this stuff. So I get it. I'm just I'm teasing you because I'm an I, asshole. Yeah. No, I'm in but, the corner, and I want to be like Martin Grand Finalist. Yes, you win or like no. <laughs> yeah, it's for a reason. You Thank can't you. win these festivals, and you can't be finalist in these festivals, or in like just because of diversity it's yeah, despite sure. it's not because it gets you in the door but when you get in the door there's still you know, there's yeah there's still people still to compete with yeah there's still yeah and i feel like people don't get that and, and even if it gets you in the door how many other people are like it's like you're like wedged in like if you can jam through the crowd to just get yeah in there, and like, even though i might in. be the one of like a hundred like they let's say these guys they book a hundred people and i might be the one trans woman they booked that entire year it doesn't mean there's not 50 other trans women that I beat out a spot for. Yeah. Exactly. So there's still competition. Yeah. Just, you know, the scale is different. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, so society sucks. One more thing I wanted to chat about is um, your the article that you were in in The Cut. Yeah. Um, yeah, from, the, from New York Magazine. Yeah, yes, yes. Sure. About your brother... Yeah. Um, and how your brother transitioned. And it was his, his, his wedding was last Saturday. That's why I'm here. Oh, nice. Oh, in yeah. New York? In New York, yeah. Right here. You know, I, I, you don't post that much about, or you post a little bit about your brother, but, and I mean, you can talk about it. Oh, I don't mind talking about it at all. Yeah, if you want to. But the, the thing that, again, I really liked, um, <laughs> my favorite post of yours was like, you, you and him were at a restaurant and you're like, yeah, we're celebrating at his favorite place in Arby's or something yeah. like, like in the place he always belonged at, right, right. in Arby's. And I just, you know, another thing I appreciate about you, but besides, you know, besides everything that you just said, like your mm -hmm. talent and stuff, is your, um, you know, your unapologetic uh, love for fast food. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, when. I feel like me and you, were, we're not eating it every day. Right? Not every day, certainly not. Every not. Day. No, but be like, unhealthy to do that. It'd be unhealthy to do that. But I do look at people, I'm very confused by people who say they haven't been to McDonald's in seven years. It's I'm like, how? Yeah, That's how? impossible for there's, me. There's a McDonald's of pretty much next door to my place in LA. Yeah, and like, same in New York. I do a show and like I get home like at 11, there's nothing else open. Well, yeah. So I'll roll through and get some nugs. It's get fine. some nugs, get some yeah. nugs. And you know what? You were the, and then I loved you uh, during the whole Jollibee opening. Oh, yeah. Jollibee? Jollibee. Jollibee opening the Filipino fast food place. Yes, get, get a bag of spaghetti. Sure. Yeah, get a bag of spaghetti <laughs> and a fried chicken drumstick. Yes, honey. yes. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just I I that article was so great, and I don't Thank know if you, you. want to speak to that or oh, I just about my, fast food in general. I love my little brother. brother. Um, he got married. I, I guess the reason why I don't post about him as much anymore because we were roommates back then, so mm. we were hanging out a lot more. Then he found his partner and then moved out. So we don't hang out as much, but mm. you know, I hung out with him a lot, and he's actually coming into the studio. 
to tape the first episode of the second season of my podcast. Yes. So you know we'll be he'll be in studio to give us all an update on his on his life as a married person. And um, no, it's it's great. And I, I you know he and I were like we were like fast food buds when he was living with me. Uh, and we went to the Arby's and we went to like the Burger King and all of all of those things. And it was great because that was early in the transition and he was living with me and like I had that, you know, that family validation. And then we would just go mm. to like Arby's and I would be out in the world and, you know, doing my lady thing while also chomping down on some, you know, roast beef and cheddar. Yeah. And so we would, good. so good. And we would just talk. We'd have these like, chats about like you know gender is weird and like new york is crazy mm. and here's what i'm doing and i really treasure that stuff and i'm glad that you know we had that time together yeah at arby's yeah <laughs> well and it must be so valuable you yeah. know what i mean like i mean i feel like i mean you said i'm putting i'm not putting I'm not making these assumptions. Like you sure. said that your family, your background's a little white trash. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I'm sure that like they're not super it can be super isolating to be going through a tra- tr- transition in general yeah. in general, but to have somebody in your family like supporting you mm-hmm. and having that thing and then also being able to you know eat your cultural food of my people yeah and i was like i'm sure that's like probably was such a great experience i'm it was eating your people's food people my the food of my people (laughs) white castle um white castle like whoever hasn't read this article and i'm not going to give any context just so that they think that um the new york magazine wrote a whole article about you eating arby's with your brother no that's very much not that We are we are micro targeting a very small detail. <laughs> I did show up to someone's house with a crave case. And like I guess it was like an inside joke that they always yeah. wanted a crave case. A crave case is 30 White Castle burgers. Yes. And um they're like, oh crave case. They all everyone only ate like two burgers. And I was there was fucking stuck with like 15 bur- and I took six home, but I'm like Damn, y'all, like, I wouldn't have bought a Crave case if y'all, if like, y'all didn't really it was like an eight-person or seven-person party, and I ate, like, so many You get burgers. a Crave case, you leave it in your microwave, and then you regret three days, and then mm-hmm. you just keep going. Like You keep it microwave going. Microwave White Castle is a bad idea. Uh, I <laughs> feel like Castle's it's good. It's good. It's, um, uh, frozen White Castle is not terrible. Uh, the frozen is fine because it's designed that way, but if you go to White Castle and it's hot and it's cold and you put it in the microwave, it, it turns to, like... It turns to like bacteria or something. Oh it yeah, turns, it, it never turns leaves horrid. the microwave. But yeah, oh well, I well hurts. I put it in the fridge okay. and then I and then uh, I heat yeah, it that's, up after. That's probably a little better. Yeah. All right, so I mean, I'm trash. Delicious. <laughs> okay, well, Tina, we're gonna wrap up. Thank you. Uh, we're gonna wrap this up. All right. You're amazing. We're gonna wrap this up with a lightning round. Sure, let's do of, it. So what happens is you say if this is trash or not. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Um, Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas." Not trash. Love it. Oh, going barefoot on a plane. Horrible trash. Super trash. <laughs> uh, the homelessness epidec- epidemic in Los Angeles. Trash. Uh, blame it on the man, not the people that are homeless. For sure. Disney Plus. Haven't had it yet. Kind of feels like trash to me. That's why I haven't turned it on. Dubbed anime. Trash. Definitely trash. You're a sub subtitle. Kind of. I'm, a, I'm a sub sub girl. Yeah. You're a sub girl. I love the subs. Love the subs. Listen, the voice acting the is terrible. Voice acting is terrible. The Valley, the Valley, not trash. I I dump on the Valley all the time, but it's 
it kind of is my LA home and it's it's where you get like it's where you get the best Mexican food. You cannot you cannot say best, I don't know. I'm from East LA. That's controversial. <laughs> okay, that's true. All right, East LA, but the best Mexican and the best strip clubs. All right, you win. Fair. Yeah, there Fair. you go. Completely. You could yeah. probably get a taco and a hot dog outside of a strip club in the valley. Yes, Damn, absolutely. So good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. We are going to wrap this up, but I do actually have one more question sure. for you that I'm super curious about your relationship to strip clubs and what you feel about them. And like, uh, yeah, like. It should, that's, that, that shit is complicated. That's, I know, I know. That shouldn't thing. have been. I should have wrote that as a real question, but you know. I love fucking strippers. They're some of my favorite people in the world. Mm-hmm. And I know a few. And they're some of my favorite people. They're awesome. I love them. I know that the clubs can be huge trash. I know that the management preys on the women that work there. Mm. Kind of like harasses them into relationships. A friend mm. of mine who is a dancer uh, went through that at a club that she worked at. Mm. So I, I'm not going to be like strip clubs, amazing, love mm. them because like the management that often runs those places are not great people, but strippers and showing off your body and like being fabulous and getting paid for it fully support 100%. Yeah. I think like for me, I was really creeped out when I went, to, well, I'm from Miami Oh, yeah, and that's like imagine. strip club culture. Yeah, like absolutely. everybody goes after after the yeah. club, you go to the strip club. Yes. And for me, it wasn't. And I mean, you know, this is a little judgmental. But at the time, like it wasn't the strippers that creeped me out. It mm-hmm. was like the men in the oh, strip club. No doubt. And the no way doubt. that they looked at them. I've never seen anybody like look at something like that. Like it made me super uncomfortable. And then, yeah, the, and then the management and the, it's just, so it's, it's tough, you it's know, it's tough. the same thing as porn it's for tough. me. It's yeah. like, I think that these women taking these men's paychecks and rent money is great. If yeah. They, if they want to be gross, <laughs> yes. that's great. But yeah, but there's like structural things going yeah. on, there's exploitation. And I think like, like all of us, we have, we have a journey, but like I fully support the ladies and the men and and the non-binary folks that are out there shaking their asses. I love them all. Yeah. All right. Well, Gina, thank you so much. Thank you. Can wrap it up. Uh, any plugs that you want to do? Uh, yeah, you can keep listening right here on the More Banana Network. Uh, season two of Sweet Ladies Got to Bro Culture is coming out soon. We're about to start recording. I'm not sure uh, when we're what releasing. What is that? Just so, you want to say like a oh, little... Yeah. little- Millie's saying that like she hasn't been on the show before. I've been on the show, but, but listen uh, to the Con Air episode. That is, um, that's a podcast that I do here on More Banana that uh, has uh, a celebration of sorts of, of bro culture, of, of like male pop culture. I have women that have not experienced a certain part of male culture, be it like a movie, mm. like when Millie watched Con Air live um, <laughs> and, or like a book. We did a two-part episode on uh, Infinite Jest. Uh, sometimes it's just sports in general, uh, like basketball. We had a basketball episode, so we're doing. I like basketball. Yeah, I, I do too. Like I grew up in in Indiana, where like mm. you know college basketball was huge, but I'd never been to an NBA game. And oh, like, really? And like my friend that I took with us had never been to an NBA I game. I think but they're the funnest of like basketball is fun. Basketball is is kinetic. Um, yeah, most other sports are really fucking boring. Yeah, they just sort of line basketball, up. Basketball, like, especially wait. live, amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it was really entertaining. Um, and then season two is about to begin and we're doing, uh, we're kicking off with all nine Fast and the Furious episodes in a Fast, Fast and the Furious movies in a row. And then, uh, we're going hard. We're bi-coastal. I got LA people. I got New York people. Yeah. We're, we're killing it. 
So listen for that. Uh, and if you're in L.A., uh, I manage Make It Rain Comedy, which is a comedy show in a strip club. We're, we're, with, we're venueless right now, but once we get that figured out, uh, we'll let everybody know where you can find us next. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, so now we have uh, the segment I like to call Trash Tick Confessions, where people uh, share stories and then we weigh in on it. So without further ado, our amazing producer Candy is going to read the first confession. Yes, so this is anonymous. Um, Once a guy pulled out a vibrator unprompted, I wasn't into it at all, and then told me he never used it on a girl before, which I thought was a weird lie to tell. He also told me during all of this, he got into using one because he found one at his grandfather's house as a kid and put it on his dick. All dick is trash. Huh. Verdict? <laughs> I mean. So he said he got a, he found his dad, his grandfather's vibrator. This is the moral of it. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Does it, I guess it feels good for men to have like something vibrating on your dick. No, that's not the question. It's the I origin know. story. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I guess it feels good, but like that that's a little weird. I don't know if he's like, I think it's, it's I'm like 50-50 on this because I don't think it's bad that a guy uses sex toys, but a vibrator, like how do we know that's disinfected? Like, I don't know. I don't know about sharing vibrators with other women, you know? So, hmm. He, That's a little trash. Unprompted, unprompted. is trash. Yeah. We never uh, it's a it's a thin line with me because uh talking about well, I guess if you want to do some crazy shit. No consent and you're talking about your fir- like one of your most vivid sexual experiences is using your grandfather's vibrator. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. And that's it's, crazy that it, it was his grandfather's. <laughs> I mean could have been grand you know what? That's that's very that's an assumption it could have been his grandmother's what does it what does he put it so like did his grandfather put it somewhere no well he found it at his grandpa's house and that's when he put it on his dick so maybe he could have said if it was i mean it's implied he could have said his grandmother's house yeah but his grandfather he said grandfather I'm, I'm, i have questions about the grandfather but anyway don't bring that up if you're trying to touch a clit that's yeah so i think we're gonna go ahead and say trash just context wise not actions so for this segment it, are they always gonna be trash if all no. is trash i mean is there a point of this segment no no no, no. There, there's different so- kinds of trash and they're not always trash <laughs> we're, we're impartial but this guy's just trash the levels the levels yeah i wouldn't say this is like a a burnable trash no but but, but may i may i Mm-hmm. Garbage day. <laughs> Garbage day. Good point. It's still going out. All right. That's it for our trash day <laughs> confessions. For our final segment uh, in the All Dick is Trash podcast, we have Trash Dick of the Week. And the Trash Dick of the Week is really hard. It's hard because there's just, again, so much trash to choose from. But my Trash Dick of the Week this week goes to this guy that I was talking to on Tinder. Um, and you know, usually Tinder's tough because the guys are hot, but nine times out of ten, they'll be like, at least for me, they'll be like, Hey, and I'm like, Hey, what's up? What's up? 
uh, come over my house right now and suck my dick. And it's like, okay, no, I'm not going to do that. That <laughs> doesn't sound fun. I'd rather watch Divorce Court on YouTube. Uh, but <laughs> this one guy, he's like, hey. I'm like, hey. He's like, oh, so do you do, you're a comedian? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, cool. I love comedy. I, I love the comedy scene out here in LA. And I was like, wait, where do you live? And he was like, oh, I live in LA, but I'm coming to New York in June. <laughs> Yeah. It is November, folks. He I said know. June. And I said, of 2020? <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> like, And I'm going to go ahead and say that, guys. And then I, he's like, yeah, I'm just looking for friends uh, friends, and to have a good time when I'm in New York. He's and looking like, for a couch to sleep on. So six. I, I understand a month ahead of time. You're trying to like hedge your bets and like plan some shit. Cool. Two weeks better. A week ahead, we love but six months at least ahead i'm gonna have to go ahead and put you in the trash bin honey like what the fuck so yeah uh that is my trash stick of this week uh he's hot so come so may, you're probably gonna yeah come <laughs> may I'll, I'll hit him up again but he's gonna say when he's when i have to go into your apartment and pull him out yeah he's gonna he's squat gonna, he's definitely he's gonna, gonna squat. squat so hard but you know what and he's gonna do tinder dates when you're like at work or not home like ugh, oh god well you'll have more material for the podcast uh, no i don't need, <laughs> i don't need more material <laughs> i don't need more material i hate when guy. i hate when people are like material for you don't do i don't not you but like just guys that i did they're like mm, you can use me for your comedy i i don't need i don't need it and i'm gonna use you anyway so don't need, i don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't care need permission about your and i don't need material yeah thank you um but yeah that guy's trash and uh fuck that guy thank you for listening to the all dick is trash podcast the all dick is trash podcast is produced by candy harrell and we are part of the more banana podcast network our founder and managing producer is kate moldenhauer if you would like to share an anonymous confession email trash at gmail.com and don't forget to follow us on instagram at adit podcast and of course you can always follow me your host millie tamaris on twitter at millie tamaris stay classy y'all contained herein are the heresies of radolf buntwine erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator join me as i uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving god and we are not its favored children the heresies of radolf buntwine coming january 2nd wherever podcasts are available